Well, glad to be with you today. This is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there online. Fathers, so glad that you're joining with us today and families that are hanging out with us today. You know, it's interesting. We, uh, we talk about this about Father's Day. It's, uh, it's a little different than Mother's Day. And I don't know if you noticed this, but in that little, like, little thing we just did with the Father's Thing, it said every day. So I'm thinking that's pretty much saying that Father's Day is every day. That's how I read it. Does that work for anybody else? Sure, whatever, yeah. But Father's Day and Mother's Day are different. And at Mother's Day, we have really high attendance because moms say, what I really want is for you to come to church with me, right? Fathers say, what I really want is to go golfing. <laughs> That's really what takes place. And so, uh, so I already know some of you are skipping doing golfing and catch up this week. So, you know, today, uh, another interesting thing today we're going to jump into a subject that uh, being Father's Day just kind of is weird to have a celebration, Father's Day, and then be talking about the subject we're going to broach today. Uh, we're in a series on heaven and hell, and we've started off with heaven. Last week, we talked about hell, uh, and uh, this, this week, we're going to talk about demons, Satan and demons. Um, kind of weird to talk about it on Father's Day, don't you think? Or maybe it's appropriate. I don't know which one, where you're coming from, but... You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of a deep subject, and, and honestly, as we've talked about this every week, a lot of what we think we know about heaven, a lot of what we think we know about hell or Satan or demons or angels, a lot of what we think we know about those things come from what we've seen on TV or what we've seen in a movie or maybe what we've read in a book. Very seldom do we get our information from the source, Scripture, right, from God's Word, to really understand and know what it looks like, what heaven is like, what hell is like, and, and ultimately about our adversary, Satan and demons. And then the beauty that we're going to talk about next week, and I, I hope that you don't get discouraged by having, uh, having to talk about hell and demons two weeks in a row. You're like, man, what is this church? Well, we're going to get to the, the, the really strength of uh, the message, which is we have uh, a powerful source working on our behalf. We're going to talk about that next week. A little bit deeper. Actually, I was going to try and cover both of those subjects today, but there, there just wasn't working. So we're just going to kind of hit this uh, this specific area uh, of of our conversation. Um, some of what this kind of is birthed out of is is some questions, some thoughts that people have. You know, if God's such a loving God, you know, and He does all that kind of stuff. Last week we talked about this. Then why is there hell? And then another kind of offshoot of that question is then then why why is there a Satan? Right. What, what, what's up with that? And, and where did he come from? And, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to look at that today. And, and honestly, trying to discover the, the background of this, I've read a lot of different, uh, different theologians and, and, um, and scholars who have really kind of worked to, to understand the background of this. This isn't my area, so I don't really study this too much. But, but I, I've read some people who have and and they think that, or there is a thought, that angels in general were created uh, on day two of the creation week. And whether that's true or not, you know, whether you really care about that or not, angels, as we're going to talk about next week, and ultimately what we're talking about even today, angels were created beings. They're created beings. And so, you know, um, <clears throat> Satan was actually an angel, uh, one of God's best and most beautiful angels. 
uh, known as Lucifer. And Lucifer, we might think Lucifer is a bad name. Lucifer really isn't. It's, that's his angelic name, often, often referred to as Morning Star. So, so Lucifer is an angel. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 28 actually paints us the picture that we need to be able to understand this a little bit more. Verse 12, we're going to start. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 12. Uh, you were sealed, talking about Lucifer, you were sealed of perfection, full of wisdom and beauty, uh, and perfect beauty. You were in Eden. So, he, so, so this angel, Lucifer, was, a, was there in the garden of God. Every precious stone adorn you. You are anointed as a, a guardian, or guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked with the fiery among the fiery stones. So Lucifer was a guardian cherub. Possibly this indicates that Satan was an angel who guarded God's presence. So what we, we have a picture here of this beautiful angel, this powerful angel that is close to, in great pro close proximity to the Creator God, right? So you see that. Verse 15, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until wickedness was found in you. So there was a point when Lucifer, Satan eventually, Lucifer was good and and doing his job, and everything was great, all that kind of stuff. And the question that often comes on the heels of that, well, so what happened? If he was in that place of, of honor, if you will, if he was, if he was, he was given all that stuff, and what happened that caused the problem? His position and his beauty uh, caused him to be full of pride. And we'll read in Scripture that pride comes before a fall. And so you can overlay that with what's taking place here is there's this pride that builds up in Lucifer, this, this, this pride that, that builds up in him thinking that he's all that in a slice of bread, right? That he's, that he's got all that stuff. He thought he was equal to God. Here's the account and how this takes place in Isaiah chapter 14, starting in verse 12. It says, How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, or Lucifer, son of the dawn, you have been cast down to earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. I will ascend above the top of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. You hear a lot of I statements, right? You, you see how puffed up and how, what, how much he thought of himself so much so that he thought that he was equal to Almighty God. So he's like, listen, I'm going to be on the same plane as God himself. I will make myself like the most high. What takes place then? Pride, a fall. God cast him out of heaven. In Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 7, we read, a war broke out in heaven. Mark, Michael, Michael, if you read through Scripture, you see him brought up a, a number of times. He's, he's an archangel that is, that is a warring angel. And, his, and his, so Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and the angels fought back, but he was not strong enough. And we're going to ultimately need to understand that no matter what Satan and demons and 
Satan and Satan's angels, no matter what they do, they do not have the power to overtake God and the angels of heaven. They do not have the same authority or power. They fight from different power places of power. So, verse 8, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to earth, and his angels fell with him. His angels, as we're going to talk about them in our time together here today, demons. Um, they're often referred to as demons. Demons are, are no less dangerous than Satan himself. I mean, as, as Bible describes them, they are impure spirits. They are deceiving spirits. There, there are, another term would be the spiritual forces of evil. So there's this, there's this entity, Satan at the, at the forefront. Demons are on, 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 in the same effort, working for the same purposes of Satan himself. And so it's so important that to say that not every bad problem that we experience has to do with demons. Because we live, in a, we live in a fallen world. We experience all kinds of things in the world. There are things that happen that aren't because there's demons in the world. Like, you know, if you have a, a two-year-old and they're having a meltdown, and they're kind of throwing a fit, you know, they're, they're kind of like on the floor floundering around, you know, and, and throwing stuff and and you can't talk to them because they're just out of control. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen, you might be tempted to try to cast a demon out. But I would recommend just give him a nap and maybe take away the sugar. Because, you know, sugar has that effect on two-year-olds. So not everything, not everything is, is of, of the demon uh, nature. But that being said, listen to this very carefully. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Here's what it warns us. He warns us to be alert and of sober mind. We need to have our minds clear. We need to be clear of thought. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The picture here is a lioness, right? Or a lion. If you ever watched National Geographic, right? Typically, lions look for the prey to be something who isn't aware, right? They're not aware of there's a bunch of lions sitting there waiting for you. And so that's the picture. The picture is that. And, and a lion often attacks the, the weak, uh, those who are weak, those who are un, unaware of the presence of a lion. And so we have this picture of the way the enemy works, looking for a way to take us down. Hang on a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, so we, we see that we need to be very careful. And, and the thing about this is, is that so many people kind of fall into just this is life. I'm going through life, going through the motions, doing life. I get up in the morning, I go to work, I come home, take a nap, and go to bed, right? And, and so we kind of repeat that every single day, and, and we kind of lose track about what's really taking place in the world and, and things that are happening around us. We need to be alert and sober-minded that Satan and his demons are, are all out. Their desire is to inflict suffering on you, suffering on me. 
It's important to point out, though, this, that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're listening, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can be oppressed. What do I mean by oppressed? Oppressed is having an outside pressure coming against you. You can be oppressed. As a matter of fact, I will suggest to you that if you're alert and sober-minded, you will begin to see that there is an outside pressure coming against you, coming against your family, coming against your world that you live in, right? That, that's, that's the reality that we live in. So we can be oppressed. We can be surrounded by that kind of stuff. We can have difficulties in our lives due to what it is that Satan is trying to do to take us down or take us away from the things of God. Um, but we can't be possessed, right? Because if you have Christ in you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he that is in the world is describing Satan. And so what you have in you in Jesus Christ has already conquered anything that Satan might come against you with. So you can't be possessed, but you can be oppressed. Now that's true of those who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, which is one of the reasons why we stand up here week after week after week after week, providing and hoping and praying and giving opportunity for you, those of you that haven't made that decision yet to follow Jesus, that you would. Because we know the adversary is there to take you out, to keep you from accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. We talked about that in week one. We talked about that again last week. And we'll continue to talk about that in, in this series. But it's so important to understand that because sometimes we have this wrong perception about what it is that we're facing, that somehow Satan can get in us. And, and he can, but he can come on us or come around us. He can affect us. So I know all this. I, I know as I say this, some of you are like, well, this is the wrong Sunday to come. <laughs> this is the wrong Sunday to watch. You know, here, here's the, the reality. I want you to hear this. Listen, this is the right Sunday. Whether you want to hear it, whether you want to believe it, whether you want to ignore whatever it is, you, wherever you are in this, it's real. And it's happening whether you want it to happen. My job, my role, my responsibility is to equip you, to help you, to see how it is that you can do battle so that you don't have to be a victim, so that you can be victorious. That's what I want you to hear today. 1 John chapter 4 is the verse that we were just talking about. Greater is he that is in us than who is in the world. Um, for, so important for us to get. Now, when we talk about possession, there are some different scriptures that we can look to. One of the ones that always stands out to me whenever I think about this idea of being possessed uh, is, is one that actually kind of crazy when I was a kid in grade school, our Sunday school teacher, I don't know what she was thinking, but she actually did a Sunday school class on this, ver on this, on this section of scripture, and it freaked us out. Like, it was, like, scary. Like, we were too young to hear it, I, I'm thinking. So you can be sure this isn't being taught downstairs. So just not yet, you know what I mean? Cause, but eventually, junior high teenagers need to hear it because they're up against it. 
Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 2, here's what we read. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit, again, we're talking about impure spirits, we're talking about demons, came from the tombs to meet Jesus. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot. Listen to the power of this. He'd been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart, and he broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. I read that, cut himself, and it just, I just think about what's going on in our world with, with our young people who see that as something they need to do and where that's coming from. Verse 6, when, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. The demon basically is begging Jesus not to send him out from the area. They, they, just want, they, wanted to, they didn't want to get cast out and, and be stuck. And so they said, hey, hey, there's a bunch of pigs. Let us go and be with the pigs. And Jesus said, hey, sounds good. And he cast them into the pigs, this herd of pigs. I don't know, is it, is, are pigs herds? A bunch of, a passel of pigs. <laughs> cast them into the pigs, and they run into the lake, and they drown. Now we know where deviled ham comes from. <laughs> listen, listen. As a pastor, I signed a thing saying I must tell these types of jokes. And it's just part of the... Part of the package, so just live with it. Uh, so Satan and his demons uh, have an agenda. Just, just be clear about that. They have an agenda. Jesus tells us, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Do you see the, 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 the opposites here? What is it that Satan's trying to do? Rob, steal, destroy. What is it that God is all about? To give you life, to give you in its fullest. Because he loves you. As much as God loves you, Satan hates you. Be, on, be, be clear about that. He hates you. He hates you. He hates the things of God. And he is warring against anything that brings pleasure to God. Do you know this? Every human being is an image bearer of God. You were created in God's image. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you are a created in God's image. And because you're created in God's image, Satan is after you. Because he hates the things of God. And he wants to destroy you. He wants to take you away. If you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can be assured of this. He is all out working his best to keep you from doing that. He's causing you to say, you know, that's a crutch. You don't need church. You don't need God. You don't need any of that stuff. You know what? You can handle it. You can do your own thing. And he's trying to keep you from the things of God. He's trying to keep you from that decision. He's doing everything he can do to keep you from being in the family of God. 
Satan and his demons have this agenda, and they're all out after you. So how does he do that? Well, one way he does that, and I'm just going to cover one way, but there are a lot of ways. There's a lot of derivatives off of this, right? So one of the ways, one of the top ways that is really prevalent today in our society is worry. Worry. If God could get, or God, if Satan can get you to start worrying, worrying as I was taught, worrying is the opposite of praying. If we would pray about the things that we would start to worry about, we would leave them at the foot of the cross, right? But if we're worrying about them, then we're taking them and holding on to them, and we're the ones dealing with it. And that's what Satan wants you to do. He doesn't want you to have victory. Worry is the opposite of that victory. And so we worry about a lot of things. Some of you are so concerned about everything. You name it. Some of you are worried sometimes that you don't have anything to worry about. You scratch your head. You know, I haven't worried yet today. What, what's happening to me? I'm so worried about it. I'm losing my edge. Right? Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's what's happening in your marriage. Maybe it's work. Or maybe it's school. Or maybe it's your friends. Or maybe it's your, your community. Maybe it's, maybe it's society. Maybe it's the government. Whatever it is. And we begin to over, be overwhelmed with this worry and when we worry about it, we're taking ourselves out of the game. When any of those things come up and we start to worry, what should we do? What's our first action? Pray about it. Stop worrying and start praying. And Satan doesn't want you to go there. So worry is one of the ways he goes at it. Satan, the, Satan and his demons, they're trying to paralyze you with worry. You know what else? Fear. Fear. And even in a message like this, as, as good as this, as good, I sound like I'm pumping myself, as good as this message might be in that it opens our eyes to what's happening, Satan wants for you to walk out of here fearful. Fearful, like, oh my goodness, there's all this stuff going on and I didn't want to hear about it because I was better off before I knew all this stuff. At least I wasn't afraid. Listen, perfect love casts out all fear. God is perfect in his love. His presence in your life casts out fear. When fear finds its way in, it is, it is taking a place that only belongs to God. So let fear be pushed away, right? So here's what we read in Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Satan wants for you to live in fear. It takes our eyes off of Jesus, and, it, and it's what is, it is what demons and Satan want to do. They want to pull us away from God. Satan and demons can't know our thoughts, but they study you. They study me. They are studying to find our frailties, right? So as they watch you live your life, they are basically sitting there saying, oh, you know what, he's, he worries about that. Or he's looking at that too much. Or he's, he, he's, he's looking in that direction. Or he's doing this. And this is how he reacts. Or this is how she reacts. This is how, and they study. And so they start to insert temptation. 
They start to throw stuff at you in those areas, in those areas of weakness. And they've had all of history to be able to see how mankind operates. And so they go after that. And they go after our weaknesses and lure us away from the things of God. Here's how it's described in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Taught by demons. We also learn that in the last days, good will be bad and bad will be good. I don't know if you've watched or seen how things are working in our society, but we see it all around us, right? And so we shouldn't be surprised that, that these things are taking place and actually we should wake up, take notice, and ask the question, what do we do with that? It could be, it could be that, that what Satan is trying to draw us away from as he's deceiving us, things that we shouldn't look at, you know? Things that, that would produce uh, an addiction to the internet or pornography or, or, or buying things online or all those types of things that, that kind of sink us and cause us to run after things, to be consumed by things, whether that's money and buying things that you, don't, you can't afford, watching things you shouldn't watch, listening to things you shouldn't listen to, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, right? You, are you, you following that, right? Think on those things. The demons will always oppose those things. So just be aware of that. That's, that's, that's all, anything good, just know that Satan's going to run at you with the opposite of that. Demons will use anything possible to lure you away from the truth of God. So what should we do? Well, first thing, so important, don't flirt with darkness. Don't flirt with darkness. Don't play around with darkness. Don't do it. Some of us, I've got regrets in my life because I thought I, if, I get, if I could get this close, this is where all the fun is. Nobody else has done that before. I used to give a talk to teenagers back when I was a teen, working with teens, and I'd always talk about this is the line, and the other side of this line is, is, is sin, and, it, and it's the trap, and it's, it's addiction, it's all these things. And when we're young, we just play right here on the edge. Get as close to that as we possibly can. Any little wind comes along, right? So we talk about that. Listen, the safest place to be is away from that. So wherever your weakness is, whatever your issue is, if you got an issue with alcohol, then you don't need to be get close to that. The closer you get to it, the easier it is for you to fall in it. You need to get back away from it. Pornography, spending, whatever it is, Satan is all about to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his effort. Scripture teaches us that we should never do anything uh, we have nothing to do with the forces of darkness. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10, 11, 12. 
Let no one be found among you who practices divination, sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium, or spiritist, or consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. That's strong language, isn't it? So we don't mess around with this. We don't. We don't mess around with seances. We don't mess around with consulting mediums, going getting your palms read. You know, that's inviting demons into your life. It's in inviting them to have a say in your life. We don't look at tarot, car tarot cards. We don't play around with Ouija boards. When I was in grade school, they had a Ouija board in the classroom. And at, at playtime, a, uh, a bunch of my classmates took it into the bathroom and turned the lights off and were playing with it. And I can remember they were all like, come on, let's go in here and do it. And I was in there for like two seconds and I could feel it. And I just, I left. Because I could feel the pressure of what was taking place. Ouija boards are opening us up and inviting demons to be a part of our lives. Here's one that I always get kicked back with. Games like Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is basically role-playing, and it's role-playing with, with, with a sorcery as, a, as maybe the, the backbone of that. And I've heard people push back and say, well, this is learning how to role-play. It's learning how to problem-solve. It's learning how to have, uh, deal with conflict, deal with all that kind of stuff. And I get it, but you know what? There's other ways to learn that. There's other ways to learn that without inviting that evil to come into your life. And there are some who have played the game and who, who have kind of skated clean from that. Listen, to me, it's not worth the risk. So, so I would just say, listen, i got to stay away from it. To the point where, like even my family, we, we stay away from things like the, the, your horoscope. You know, you read, it used to be the paper. Uh, but, you know, the horoscope. My aunt used to, my grandmother used to do this. She used to take her teacup, turn her teacup over, and then and when, when it dried, turn it back over and then read the tea leaves. We always thought that was kind of fun, grandma, you know, talking to us about stuff, and yet it's not, you know. So I made a joke about this first service, so I need to make sure you understand it's a joke. We shouldn't watch Coco Melon. Uh, it it's a joke, okay? It's not... I don't know if it has, I just tell you this, but by the time I've watched like one or two songs, my brain is sponge, you know, I'm like, what's wrong with me? I can't think anymore, right? So anyways, that, that's just a joke. But so we need to be really careful and not flirt with, dabble with, play with things that have the potential to influence us, influence us with darkness, I say all that to say there are other ways that this takes place. When we have unresolved conflict, when we are at odds with somebody and we haven't worked to resolve those things, Satan lives there. He wants to keep you at odds with others. We're to live at peace as best as we're able with everybody. So we need to work to resolve those things. We shouldn't we shouldn't jump in on those things. We shouldn't 
be listening to other people, talk bad about other people, and join in, right? Because Satan lives in gossip. I hate to say this because some of you love it. We don't realize we're gossiping. Next thing you know, we're talking about people, you know, but Satan loves that because that's tearing down the fabric of relationship. It's, it's tearing down others for your own personal edification and, you're, and oftentimes lifting you up for the sake of other people feeling bad about themselves. There's so many ways that we need to be really careful with because Satan lives in those areas. Demons love to live in the, in the fringe areas. And some of you would say, you know what, all the stuff you're talking about, Pastor, you know, it's, these are harmless things. Come on. We, we, can, we can kind of play around. Listen, that's exactly what Satan wants you to believe. But please don't est- underestimate the enemy. Don't. Please don't underestimate the enemy. Boiling a frog. Ever heard this before? To boil a frog, you don't throw a frog into a hot boiling water because they'll jump right out. They're like, oh, it's hot. What they, you know, I don't know if they say that out loud. They might <laughs> not say that. But, but if you take a frog and you put it in a, in a cool water and slowly turn the heat up, you can cook a frog alive. And here's what I want you to hear. Satan sometimes comes right at us and it's blatant and it's obvious. But oftentimes, it's subtle. It's fun. It's deceptive. And the next thing you know, you're cooked. His agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's after us. This is a real battle. And the battle, the battle exists, the kingdom of light against the kingdom of darkness. Be assured, the kingdom of light always wins. I shouldn't say always wins. Has always won. From the, from the very inception of all of this, there has never been for any moment and instance in time, there has never been a thought that there could ever be the darkness overtaking light, ever, ever. It's never been there, ever. So we need to really, really clear about this and, and, and understand the power that exists on the side of, uh, of God's side, what, what it is that he brings to bear. But we should be very careful not to take it lightly. Because Satan's more powerful than you. Satan is more powerful. His demons are more powerful than you. They are deceptive and they are out to get you. Your family. And they're powerful. It's important to hear that. It's not to scare you. It is to tell you truth. So this battle is real and and we need to be, be conscious of it. But if you're in Christ, you don't fight for victory, you fight from victory. Because you have power and authority that comes from Jesus. He's given that to you. We never ever fight from our own power. If I bring what I have to the table, I lose. Instead, we fight from the authority given to us from God. We need to know that our power isn't even close to being strong enough. 
but the authority that God has given us in Jesus' name is. Matthew 10, 1 describes Jesus bringing his 12 disciples around and he's sending them out. And he's giving them authority. He's giving them authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. He's given them authority to do that. They didn't have the authority to do that. If they had just gone out and done it themselves, nothing would have happened. They had been given authority to do it. I have a good friend, Rick. Rick is a Macedon police officer. And um, one of the things I know is that Rick, when he's got his uniform on and he's wearing his badge in, in, in the Northeast, they, we call it a shield, right? When he has his shield on, he stands in front of traffic and he puts his hands up. The traffic has to stop. It doesn't have to stop because it's Rick. It has to stop because of the authority that he's been given, granted, and what the shield represents. Stop in the name of the law. You used to say that back in the old days. Adam 12, right? Stop in the name of the law and the burglar who's running would, oh, stop. Oh, man, I got to stop. Now it's like, stop in the name of the law, but, you know, you're going to shoot me. So anyways, you got all that stuff. But Rick, Rick stands out there and the traffic stops. I stand out there and I'm roadkill. You see what I'm saying? There's a, there's a big difference between what I bring to the table without any authority and what Rick brings to the table because he has authority granted to him. We battle in the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Greater is the one in us than the one who is in the world who has to obey has to obey things spoken in the authority granted to us in the name of Jesus. So we have victory over the forces of darkness. This, there, there is an evil force and, and more wicked than you could ever imagine. Think about your worst imagination of, of evil. Take that and triple that and, you know, just keep on multiplying that because it's evil. It's, there's, there is no room for there to be any good in it at all. It's evil all the way through at its core. And it's there to destroy everything that matters to the heart of God. Be clear, demons want your family. They want your marriage. They want your children. They want your finances. They want your health. They want your heart. They want your relationship with God. In Christ, all authority has been given to you to fight with faith and to ultimately you fight with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We fight from victory. We don't have to fear if we have Christ Jesus in us. But we need to fight. Be clear. To not fight is to give in. To not fight is to give in. So we need to fight because Satan and his demons do not rest. That is why, once again, we'll read it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him and stand firm in the faith. James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There is a battle going on. 
There's a, I'm going along, but there is a story, and Elijah's on the top of a hill, and there's war going on all around him, and his, and his uh, uh, servant is freaking out. Elijah prays, God, open his eyes so that he can see. And the servant's eyes are open, and he saw warring angels who are protecting Elijah and him. We are victorious in the name of Jesus, but we need to fight the battle. Let's go to prayer where battle is won. Thank you, Jesus, that you make all things possible, that you draw us into a relationship with you, and if we would just simply accept you as Lord and Savior, we are a part of the family of God. And so where we stand here today, where we sit here today, where we're watching from today, wherever it is, you may be here today and the truth is you're struggling, you're facing. You could, you could even say, listen, I, I sense darkness. I sense that, that, we're, that I'm in opposition and up against it. I can see it in my finances. I can see it in my relationships. I can see it in my family. I can see it at work or at school or whatever. And if that's you here today and you're struggling, you feel that, 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 that war that's raging and you feel as if you're kind of being surrounded by it, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you today. Just raise your hand. I see it. Yep. And I would suggest even those who didn't raise your hands, I, I know that there is a war that's going on and it's affecting you as well. So Father, you see the hands, you see us here today, you see all that are watching online in this moment right here, right now, in the name of Jesus, the authority granted to us by God the Father through Jesus Christ, we come against you, Satan. We stand firm against you, evil ones of darkness. And in Jesus' name, you have no authority. You have no power over us. At the name of Jesus, you must flee. You must leave. And so we command you in Jesus' name to leave now. And walking forward, help us to walk, I pray, in victory, sober-minded, eyes wide open to all that's going on around us so that when we come up against it, we can see it, we can feel it, we, can, we, can, we know it's there, and so we can rebuke it in Jesus' name because we have that authority living in us. But there are others who are here today or watching online and you have yet to ask Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is an evil one who is trying to keep you from believing in Jesus, who is trying to, to, to deceive you to think that it's, it's just a crutch. You don't need Jesus. You don't need this church. You don't need God. Right now, where you are, online, in person, you need to step across that line of faith, faith and defeat the enemy today. Would you just simply say, Jesus, come into my heart. I accept what you did for me on the cross, dying and then three days later rising again from the dead, conquering both sin and death. I need you in my life. I ask you to forgive me of the sins of my life, living for myself, living in opposition to you and, and doing things that I know were pleasing to you. So Father, forgive me. I ask you to forgive my sins and, and I ask that you would help me to live a life that honors you. And so in Jesus' name, if you've prayed that prayer, all of heaven rejoices, and we rejoice with you. Because now you are living from a place of victory. 
and all the forces of evil have nothing against what you have inside of you. So we thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for equipping us for battle, for not leaving us here to just deal with it on our own, but empowering us and giving us what we need to be able to deal with all that we're up against. Father, help us to walk away from here, not fearful, but victorious. Help us to feel your presence and to live with that all week long, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite our prayer team up right now. Our prayer team is here, ready to pray with you. Um, if you need it, if you'd like to talk to somebody about what we, t- what we talked about today, um, we have people up here ready to pray with you. If you're online, our uh, team is ready to pray with you in the chat room if you'd like that as well. Make sure you don't leave here if you're feeling the need to pray with or talk to somebody today. I just wanted to bring up a few announcements and things that are coming up in the next few weeks to bring them to your attention. The first is that we're going to be having a dedication service coming up in July. So if you have young kids or even older kids that you'd like to dedicate to the Lord, you can do that um, by signing up on the events page at events.crosscreek.church. By signing up, you'll get an email from one of our children's pastors that will connect you with all the information that you need for that event coming up. The other thing is next Sunday is what we call Milestone Sunday. It's a Sunday where we celebrate kids who are graduating. I shouldn't say kids, teenagers who are graduating high school. So if you know somebody or have a son or daughter who is graduating high school this, this year, we're, we want to celebrate them. And so we, are, we have a spot on the events page where you can actually let us know their information so that we can have a chance to celebrate them in the lobby next week as well. So make sure that you fill that out. If you haven't heard from us, we don't know about your kid, and we want to make sure that we celebrate them. The last thing I want to talk about is Sunday Funday. We have Sunday Funday coming up in July. This is a chance for us to get out and serve our community. It's a fun, free event that is... um, Its goal is to resource the community with practical needs like backpacks and school supplies, summer supplies, um, clothing, all the different things that people are in need of. So we have an event coming up this July, the last Sunday of July. If you've been driving through Palmyra, you may have seen the banner up over Main Street, which is really exciting. Um, The event is going to be at the Palmyra Community Center, and it's going to be from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock. And the idea is that we want to serve our community and go above and beyond this year. And so we're going to be doing service projects every single night of the week leading up to the event. And so we're asking for our church to partner with us in doing so. So if you would like to partner with us both financially or even just signing up to serve at one of the events, you can do that on our website and our app. There are pages dedicated specifically to Sunday Funday, and we would love for you to connect with us and to find a spot to be a part of what's going on. It's pretty cool. Um, Those are the main things that I have going on. To go along with the Sunday Fun Day in the lobby, if you're here in person with us today, we are doing a raffle for the different paintings that we use during the um, Easter series this year. So if you like one of those paintings, you can buy some raffle tickets for it, and all the proceeds go towards Sunday Fun Day. So I know that was a lot of announcements, but thanks for sticking with me. I hope that you guys have an awesome Sunday and a happy Father's Day. Thank you for joining us today. Shaking